Welcome back to In the Shade, a platform bringing awareness to BIPOC folks that have been murdered or gone missing, and also people of color who have been accused and convicted of committing heinous crimes. I'm Isabel. And I'm Jenny Wilson, and this is our 14th, 14th episode. Holy shit. That's crazy. Can you believe it? No, 14. Lucky, lucky number 14. <laughs> I feel like I say lucky number after like every single yeah. one. I'm like, everyone's lucky. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. Um, so again, the summary, Samuel Little, 80 years old man, confessed to killing around 93 women, raised by his grandmother because his mom was an addict and prostitute, died in prison in 2020, and this episode will be about his three victims well he had many but three credible victims that he talked about with the fbi okay so as jenny just said this is part two of our samuel little conversations um and today is going to be about three of his like 93 murders Mm. um but just a brief recap of last episode in case you haven't watched it or listened to it uh the link is in the description or here um but a brief recap of that um so how did we get here um as you already said Mm. his he had like a pretty tough upbringing but then in 2012 he was actually arrested for an outstanding drug charge. Um, And then in that process, his like DNA was tested. Mm. And um, it turns out that his DNA was connected with three homicides in California between 87 and 89. And so he was kind of going through those motions of trials and whatnot. And he basically realized that he was like never gonna get out of jail ever again yeah and he decided to confess to 90 other murders um so so fucked up yeah so crazy and he like drew portraits of all of his murders and he was like very specific in those drawings yeah about the clothing the lipstick like even the earrings like like the details were crazy. And <laughs> I know it's like, how, like I feel like half the time men don't even pay attention to that. So the fact that like he did is like weirdly incredible, but also like I'm kind of like creeped out. You know yeah. what I mean? And that he was able to remember 20, 30, maybe 40 years after those murders. That's so crazy. It's almost when like- I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. <laughs> I know, same. I'm like, what did I even eat for breakfast yeah. the other day? Did no. I put it on deodorant? I know, girl, same. <laughs> I know, I feel you. I'm like, wait, what did I even do yesterday? What did I even do this morning? No, you know the crazy part? You just kind of reminded me of something. I have a friend who's a correctional officer for a federal prison in Chicago, and we were actually talking about this earlier today. Um, she was saying how, like, all the killings and murders and things that are going on, but he, uh, she was, uh, our, during our conversation, she mentioned how, like, a lot of like big cases were coming to our federal prison, right? Okay. And I was like, but why? She's like, it's because most of these people that were doing these like shootings, killings, like whatever, they're finally, it's like finally catching up to them. Like they just started like, they're finally getting caught for things that they did. So shout out to Alexis like for that. Is DNA and like just also just like up. getting super, super like sloppy. Oh. And then another thing too that we were talking about that I think is going to correlate, like go along with our case today was 
I kind of wanted to was curious to know about like the like how people like how you charge people for killing them if you don't have like if you know they did it but you don't necessarily have the evidence to prove that they killed someone so I thought that was kind of interesting so I asked her and she's like so essentially so either like they put you on the stand and they ask you questions that kind of tricks you to like kind of tell on yourself or they literally have to have like proof of you doing it which you know obviously makes sense but there are situations where there's people that we that they know killed someone but can't charge them with like that specific murder if they don't yeah. if they don't have proof that they did it which is like kind of samuel little like yeah. admitting to all of these cases you know because we don't I, have proof of all of them yeah you know and he's i think it's even stranger for this case because mm. he's flat out admitting yeah. all of these because they didn't even know about no half of these cases right exactly and he's just admitting them but it's still kind of tough to officially like prosecute him yeah for all of these um which i guess is fair i don't know yeah yeah i i know i'm like indifferent about it too because it's kind of it's just i don't know it's like it's so weird like it's so it's it's so weird like you have a legit murderer telling you they murdered all of these people but you can't prove it and even some of the cases got debunked because they just like legit couldn't prove it or like mm-hmm. they went there and there was like nothing there and i guess like for me the part that's kind of i guess like weird is like do you take his word like you yeah. know what i mean like do you just take You're just his like word? okay you did it yeah you know what i mean yeah especially sure. with like the people that he targeted were kind of hard to totally to like kind of I don't know, not hard to find, I guess, because obviously they all have, like, families, I'm pretty sure, for the most part, but it is it is hard to kind of, like, navigate, like, well, yeah. did he really do it, or is he just, like, that you know, kinda, messing with us? That kind of could set a really um, bad precedent, too, for yeah. one, people who are just, like, randomly saying they committed murder just because right. they want the clout or something exactly. like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then two, it could be really bad for people who are being pressured into admitting yeah. they did something when they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just like can't dig themselves out of it anymore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. Like you the, said that. The, similar to like the Central Park Fire. Yeah. You know, where they like com- said, yeah, we did it. Yeah. Because they were. Coerced to doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But they, like, legitimately, like, weren't even, like, around there. Exactly. And um, have you seen this Netflix series? Oh, my gosh. What is it called? It's about this. I don't. It's not how to make a murderer. But there's. it's not that one. But there's a show on Netflix. I watched it's it. It's the one with was, Selena Gomez. Is it? Isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, is it that one? Or is it a different one? But I, know, <laughs> I don't know. I know. But, no, I know, which one, I know which one you're talking about. But there's this one where this, like, this, like, uh, white family that lived in like the middle i don't know if it's the midwest or not but they were like in the middle of nowhere girl i kid you not they like coerced this guy's like nephew to like snitch on him and the nephew had um like his iq store like his iq number whatever was like um like like really low and so like it was easy for the police to manipulate him and when in actuality, like, they never did it. But it was because the body oh. was found on their, like, junkyard. Do you know what I'm talking it's, about? It's, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know the name of it, though. I saw it, like, so long ago. But I forgot. It was because the uncle did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was, like, in jail. Then he got out, and then he murdered someone yeah. again. Or was, yeah, what it was, was like, because uh, I know. It was, like, one of the 
first big Netflix true crime. Yeah, that I like. I watched it. I was like, oh my god, that's like really messed yeah, up. But that was really sad. Yeah, it was like because that kid sad. was in. I don't even know if he's still in jail. I don't know if he is either, but I know that he is like. If he is, I don't think he's doing well. But I know that his IQ score was like super low, so they were taking advantage of that. And then, because it's weird, it was like first they said the uncle did it, and then like there was no evidence to prove that the uncle did it. But but it was because like the family had like um, they were like I guess you could say rebels of the town. I guess you could say so like making a murder. I'm making a murder. There you go. What did yeah. I say before? I said how to make a murder or something. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think something like that. But yeah, making a murder. That oh my god! If you haven't seen it, definitely recommend. I yeah. mean, because that one was wild. That one was really wild. Yeah. But yeah, it was interesting to say the least. So. Stephen yeah. Avery. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Avery family. And then mm-hmm. the nephew was Brendan Dassey. Yep. 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 Brendan. I felt okay. so bad for him. I felt bad for him too. Oh my gosh! And then they showed like him writing letters to I know. people, and it was he was literally. Asking, like, oh, what's your favorite color? Yeah. And it's like, this is a 21-year-old That tells you something's, like, asking wrong. Asking, what's your favorite color? Right. Like, yeah, he's obviously got some, like, mental disability yeah. or something. And so, like, to know that they, like, coerced him to, like, blame his uncle when it was just, like, the whole thing was, like, messed up. Like, yeah. they, but that's, like, what people do, like, in the justice system sometimes, too. Like, the good yeah. cop, bad cop type of thing. Which is just like, let it be organic and yes, ask those questions. But why like bully someone into doing something yeah. that they like actually didn't do or at least like talking about it? I think they have like it. a sixth sense for like. I wonder like the level. I could of tell training. that he was the criminal. Yeah, you're like I could tell like oh yeah. like Matthew. There's no like evidence or nothing. Nothing. I could tell. But then you have like people like Matthew LaFountain, who people are like, oh, he's a nice guy. And we're yeah. like, Where's what the fuck? Sense there? Yeah. That's why I always wonder, like, their overall, how do they kind of, I guess, like, okay. what's the training behind it to be like a detective where it makes you, I don't know. I don't, like, we could go down a rabbit hole about yeah. that. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting. It was, yeah, the whole thing was like really fucked up. But Samuel Little mm-hmm. is fucking crazy. So, I think this is a nice transition to talk about one of his victims. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Cool. Yeah. So, this is, like, a really interesting story. So, we watched the videos of Samuel Little talking about his victims on the FBI page. And they're, like, kind of chilling. Um, we'll obviously have the link, but it was just, like, super weird. So, this one, vict- this one story in particular kind of uh, caught our eye, but it was about Marianne. So, Marianne... Um, This, again, all according to Samuel Little, because he was talking about this victim. He said that he met her, and she was around, like, 18, 19 years old, and she was a black transgender female who he met at a bar in Miami. And I guess, like... Back in, like, the 70s. Yeah, back in the 70s. And so what I found to be, like, super interesting, though, was that, like, he obviously was very, like, fluid, Right, like with his like sexuality, mm. which I thought yeah. was like, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. Um, he's very open-minded. But he said that later they then met again at a different bar. And, you know, he's like, okay, cool. I'm meeting this girl twice right now, you know, like at a, like two different bars. She must be cool. So Little drove to the victim's house. Something interesting, too, that was um, that he said 
during the video he said something like she had different roommates at different houses so i'm like okay i don't even know what that like do you even know what that means maybe she had maybe she was also like transient and at multiple that's what i'm thinking too homes yeah that's what i'm thinking too so he said that he drove her back to her house cool and he said as soon as they kind of like walked inside the roommate asked like oh can you go to the store and buy buy me shaving cream which i'm like okay that's like why can't you do it but whatever so (laughs) (laughs) it's like weird right so then little and marianne left her one of her cribs to go to the store to go buy shaving cream for the roommate you know okay cool maybe you know maybe she owes like she owes the roommate or you know maybe they're like friends like whatever you know who knows but you know she's being nice so they went to the store to go get it that's what we thought but instead what little just said um, instead of what was supposed to happen what little said happened was you know they're driving on highway 27 and he just kept driving further and further she the girl's like hey are we gonna go to the store like you, <laughs> you missed the exit you missed the exit like <laughs> gee like five exits ago where are we going he kept driving further further down 27 and then he stumbled across a swamp um and was like okay cool we're gonna park you know we're gonna park here oh no my bad okay no he drove he pulled decided to pull into like this random alley slash driveway and you know the homegirl's like what are we doing here like what's going on like, mm-hmm. you know whatever this is not the store this is not the store like where what the fuck's happening so he then decided that was a good time to strangle her okay so he strangled her and remind you this part was so bizarre to me not only does he strangle her in a random alley slash driveway okay he then decided to get back on the highway and keep driving further down on highway 27 so you're telling me that you strangle her in a random alley and now she's in your car and you're just you keep driving down highway 27 with a dead body with a dead body that just shit was weird until he uh, then that's this is when he then stumbled across a swamp and dragged her lifeless body into thick muddy water in the everglades and he doesn't think that she was ever found well i'm assuming if you're in florida and you go to the everglades of course a fucking crocodile or alligator is going to come at you i don't know which one is there but don't come at me on here about it but one of those large one of them is going to like obviously get you i would assume and you're in the everglades and like in a swamp but i just thought there's definitely gators gators for sure i just thought that was interesting that he killed her and then kept riding in the car with her like i don't know it was just it was really, really, it was, that I thought that one was really weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he also kind of re- went back to his, like, uh, preferred method of c- killing, yep. which is strangulation, and we kind of chatted about that mm-hmm. in the previous episode where he was, um, where he was saying that he's really attracted to, like oh necks yeah the next yeah he has like a weird how that fetish. looks a weird fetish so about it. yeah maybe her neck just looked super good <laughs> on their way to the store and he's like i gotta have that neck now he's like i gotta have that neck now like what you can't gee you can't just randomly do that you can't just be like oh yeah we're gonna go to the store the the part that i thought was weird was like he showed up at homegirl's house like he was going to her home like i think they were gonna like you know get it on get freaky whatever but then, like, I don't know, did he get mad because they couldn't get to, like, get things cracking in the home yeah. and had to leave again? I mean, but I just, like, don't know what, like, what, like, switched that you were like, oh, I'm going to show, I'm going to go to this girl's house. 
and then like, oh, we have to leave. Okay, well, I'm just gonna kill you now. I'm gonna keep driving. Like it just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me, you know. I don't know. I thought that was weird. Yep. Yep. Well, that's Sam Little. We're not gonna understand his <laughs> thinking. So the next murder is about Ruth, and she was a black female that he met around the early 90s, mm. like 92, 94. He didn't have specific dates. Um, but he said that they met at a crack house in Little Rock, Arkansas. And she was about 24 years old, around 5'6", mm. and weighed between 170 and 200 pounds. And I believe he um, first saw her at the crack house mm-hmm. uh, with six other girls on the porch. Mm. And they ended up kind of like hitting it off and they just like stayed at the crack house for a couple of days, hanging out, I guess. I can't, I can't, just can't, hold on, I can't. <laughs> I like can't, I can't. I mean, he's also transient yeah. or homeless. Yeah. So I guess like whatever place he can stay at he's just gonna stay at but either nothing, that or the car nothing that you just said even sounds safe like oh, you, know, yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like i'm gonna go hang out at crack house for a couple of days you know afterwards go get subway like yeah he's like a big guy yeah so i'm sure he didn't really feel threatened by oh yeah um females for sure yeah, that yeah. are like on drugs yeah he's like i'll take all of you yeah literally yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he was hanging out with them for a couple days on and off. And then at one point he suggest or they decided they wanted to go shoplifting (laughs) and switch it up a bit. You know, we're just like doing crack, sleeping, napping. Maybe this day we try shoplifting. And so they go for like shoplifting they go to a couple of stores but they ended up getting caught in a Kroger's um and yeah maybe you have a little bit more insight on what happened at Kroger's yeah yeah okay so then after they went to Kroger you know they're like okay let's like let's get a little couple items because we're gonna steal them so yeah (laughs) and the the woman like she said she's like uh, or he said that she usually like resells items, so yeah, that's how they were thinking of like yeah. making money. To, yeah, like getting, by selling like, the merchandise. Exactly, like getting like a side hustle. Yeah. So then, like after they were like, okay, cool, we're gonna get some of these items. So what happened next was like, I don't know, kind of kind of expected when you were like going down this path. So the Kroger manager is like, hold up, you guys are not about to like you know steal the stuff and then get away with it. Mm-hmm. So then. After that, so then he's like, okay, well, fuck this. I'm calling the feds on these two. You know, I'm calling the feds on him because he was the one that was act like he was the one that was caught in the act. So then the feds come, they pick him up. After they pick him up, obviously they take him to the North Little Rock Police Department. Okay, and so after they after he's there, either he had the keys or she like there's two things that he was kind of alluding to. So Ruth. 
she never left Kroger. Like, she never left the Kroger parking lot. Like, she was just, like, there chilling the entire time, like, he was in the, he was at the police department. It got so to the point where, like, the manager was like, okay, like, she needs to go. I'm gonna, he, he's like, I'm just gonna call the police department. He calls the police department is like, um, you need to release him. I don't want to press any charges because, I want this woman to leave my property because she just, it's just like time for her to go. She just Which like needs to leave. seems so bizarre Yeah. to want someone released just because you don't want to deal with another person <laughs> who's staying in a car in your parking lot. Exactly. It's just, I mean, it's like, obviously not pleasant to have people camping right. in your parking lot. Right. And maybe not safe. Mm. But also, do you want to risk having the shoplifter come shoplift at your store again? No. No. Like, you know what it's, I mean? It's, it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't understand how mm. this manager, like, weighed his options. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's so bizarre. That's so weird to me. And the other thing that I thought was weird, too, when, like, Little was telling the story was, like, why didn't the guy call the police on the female especially like if it's like trespassing a private property you know what i mean so it's kind of just like well what in that point like what do you like what do you do i guess but um yeah i thought that part was super weird like it doesn't really make any sense to me so yeah that was like the whole kroger debacle and then uh do you want to talk about what happens after or i can either one um yeah so they released Mm -hmm. him and he like like they he was released within a couple of hours and there's like record like police records that indicate that he was actually arrested so it all kind of checks out but he was released and then he went back and got the woman and they ended up wanting to go to Walmart yeah. for some reason mm-hmm. Which also is kind of interesting because after an almost arrest (laughs) at a Kroger's, I feel like you should feel a little bit more hesitant to go into another store. Yeah. Like personally, I would feel emotionally drained. Oh my gosh. And I would just want to go to bed. I'd be like, I'm out. I don't want to do this yeah. shit anymore. Yeah, no, I'm. I don't know why one. they're trying to go to the store again, but yeah, they drove towards Walmart, and then all of a sudden, similar to the Marianne case, he just like got a whiff of murder or something, <laughs> and he, he got a whiff of neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he maybe just like the. The sun was setting, and it just hit her neck the perfect way. But he just, like, suddenly turned around and went down a road near some cornfields. And then he ended up strangling Ruth in the car and then dragging her body onto the cornfields and leaving her body by, like, a corn stalk pile. And he left her there Mm. and what he said is that he then drove off to find another victim so he might have i mean same thing you know after one killing you'd think you'd just be done but he's like 
let's go two for two yeah which is like so weird to me also too i i wonder how does he find these places like if you're traveling like back then it was so different but how are you finding like random hoods to go to like if i like if you ask me right now jenny where's the nearest crack house i couldn't tell you i don't know you know like what Mm -hmm. i mean like i don't know so the fact that like he knows like all the spots or whatever to go it's like kind of interesting Mm -hmm. i guess because we just live in such a different time now than like when he was back yeah. there like finding these places and so maybe he just like stumbled across or asked people i don't know but i thought that was super there definitely interesting. was a drunk house in my old neighborhood oh, on north loop oh, i don't fair. know if i ever told you about that story but in like the middle of the night we just hear this like robot basically like yell out loud on the street like like exit your home or something like that or come outside of your home with your hands up or whatever and then we just heard like boom because i guess they like took the door down or like something and they just like raided this house like couple houses wait stop are you serious yeah wait crazy no way and tony said he actually heard a robot like that again a couple of months ago, like a few blocks over. <laughs> Stop. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> so there might be one here too. Oh my gosh. What? Yeah. This is so crazy. I mean, like. It literally was like a little robot. I, I didn't see it, but yeah. I just heard it. And it was like, whatever the address was like, one, two, three, four Main Street. Please exit the whatever. <laughs> and then it just kept saying that over and over again. And then at one point, it was just like, boom. It was like, you guys are taking too long. I'm about yeah. to pull you motherfuckers up. What? Yeah. Oh, my wild. gosh. That's so crazy. And then we, we like, walked the dogs the next day. And the door was just, like, a piece of wood, like, as if they just, like, boarded it up. Could you tell it was, like, like a drug house? Like, could you tell from the outside or not really. It didn't look bad. Okay. But it didn't look super nice. <laughs> but it was kind of like an older neighborhood. Yeah. But it it didn't look what y- in your mind you would think like a crack house or drug house uh, would look like. Oh, okay. It was kind of nondescript. Like, really? I thought maybe just like yeah. students lived there or something. Right, like something. Yeah. Oh I mean, maybe gosh. it was students, but I don't know. Drug it just house. looked like nobody took care of it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. So It didn't look abandoned. It just, like, there was, like, no plants on the porch, no oh, chairs on the it porch. Didn't look like, okay, I see what you're saying. It didn't look like, cozy. like it was cozy, mm-hmm. but it didn't look run down and, like, people, like, needles out front yeah. or anything oh, like okay. that. It so just like, looked plain. Okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Because, like, I know um, in my old, well, in my old neighborhood in Chicago, I live right by, are you familiar with, like, Cabrini Green? Mm-mm. Uh, Cabrini Green. And it was, like, like there's, like, a whole thing behind it. First was, like, the Irish versus the Italians because, mm. you know, black people couldn't live there. And they were, like, doing, like, their drug deals, whatever. And then it started, um, black people started to, started, they started allowing black people to live there. And then I guess, like, they kind of took over for, I don't, can't remember if they took over for the Italians or for the Irish. I don't know exactly which ones. But anyways, it, like, interesting story, but it was, it's like these little 
like I guess you could say projects in a sense, but yeah, they like totally like I mean like I used to walk Marley over there, like the whole neighborhood is like fenced off because they're like trying to like shut like you know um I was gonna say turn it down, but they're trying to like what is the term? They're trying to knock it down, knock mm-hmm. it down, and like turn it into like million dollar homes or whatever, oh. but. It's just, like, interesting how... Gentrifying. Yeah, pretty exactly. Gentrifying that shit, which is so fucked up. But it's just, like, so interesting how, like, you just don't know who's selling drugs. You Like, yeah. anybody could look like anyone in doing it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Which is, like, so interesting because we associate it with, like, oh, the projects or things like that. But actually, that was a projects, and it was yeah. white people living there. You yeah. know what I mean? So, food for thought. You just never know who your next-door neighbor is. Yeah. Maybe you're a robot. Go I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> like, get out. Go home. If I start seeing that, like, yellow, you know, that yellow robot dog, I'm oh, already, you know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm already done. going home. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm teleporting the fuck out of there. Yeah. I don't know how, I'm but done. I'm getting out. But Those no. Those dogs are scary. They're scary as shit. It, they're, they're like, like really, iRobot. Yeah. They're like stuff. terrifying they're like as shit. Opening doors and climbing up walls. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, like, <laughs> Yeah. me out because they're like they're like just so robotic and i don't know i can just like foresee like they're making a movie or something on that but on a different note let's talk about girl. yeah the third <laughs> murder girl. yeah no but no that's uh that was so that was a great conversation but yeah so our third murder for today is hippie girl literally samuel did not have a name for her but essentially she he met her at a strip club in downtown Columbus, Ohio. Shout out to Ohio. Mm-hmm. And, in the 80s. Yep, in the 80s. And she was a white female. Well, he said young female. He said that she had, like, short hair, and her hair was, like, um, it was interesting, like, again, going back to, like, how he remembers, like, details. He said that she had short hair, but it was shoulder length. Like, the fact that he even, like, remembered that was interesting. And then um, he said that she weighed, she was around, like, maybe 130 pounds or say, and that he thought that maybe she was, like, 25 years old. So, like, he was just saying she was young. And then mentioned, like, he thinks he was 20, she was 25. He said that she was a hippie and gave off a hippie feeling, which I kind of, like, I, I get what he means. But, like, I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I get it. Maybe she was, like, kind of free-spirited. Free-spirit, yeah. That's what I kind of yeah. think, like, the vibe, the vibe was. And she was so f- free-spirited that she asked this man, who happened to be Samuel Little, she asked him, hey, can you drive me to Miami? And so he's like from Columbus, from Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. He's like, okay, let's go. So he was, you know, he was obviously like, sure. Why not? So then they get in the car, you know, they start like doing some hanky panky hooking up according to him, messing around, mm-hmm. whatever, you know? And then they, so then they like got in the car and like drove. And so as soon as they crossed into Kentucky after they left Ohio, right. He said that they, like, passed a park in um, Kentucky. And he said the music was, it matched her, like, hippie vibes or whatever and, like, her energy. And mm. she wanted to, you know, stop by and take a look. Because, you know, if I, if I pass a dope, like, music, con- like, festival outside and I'm just, like, driving, I'm like, okay, let's go. That, that mm-hmm. seems, like, pretty cool. Let's check it out. So she wanted to check it out. And he was, like, got something better for you. So what this motherfucker decided to do instead, he started to drive in the opposite direction of the music festival. So he went down this like wine. He kept saying like, you know, Kentucky has windy roads, whatever. So he said that they drove down like a windy road in Kentucky. And then he said that he saw a short dirt road going up the hill. And so he decided to turn there. So once he got to the top of the hill, he was on 
he said he saw like a bunch of like vegetation or whatever. So he like in his mind he's like, okay, this is a good spot for you know have another victim. He then said he started to strangle her and left her lifeless body there. So, and that one I thought was kind of interesting because it just like shows like how like he didn't even know her name, but he was about to like pretend like. They literally left like Ohio. Yeah, like they, they were driving for hours. Hours, already. like because you have Columbus right here, and then Kentucky's like down here. So it's just like, but you couldn't remember her name. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of like maybe weird, and also maybe kind of show how he like valued her. I guess you could say. Yeah. But I thought that I thought that one was like super interesting, just because all she wanted to do was go to Miami and then go to you know a music festival. She didn't really want. She didn't want shit. You know. So it was just kind of I don't know. She I just was weird. Hitchhiked with the wrong person. The wrong person. Don't don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Because yeah. you never know if you're gonna find the next Samuel Little. To be totally sure. on, like to be totally Absolutely. transparent. But yeah, those are just um. I just thought that at least to give. Well, we both thought it was a good idea to at least just give like light to some of the people that he has killed and just like li- like actually listening to the stories that he like talked about. It was like, I don't know, like, it was just really chilling because he just, like, remembered so much. And the way he was, like, talking, it was just very casual. Like, he's telling, Yeah, very, like, like, matter of fact, like, you're retelling, like, a dinner story or something like that. Yeah. Not realizing how actually gruesome and disturbing the story is. So fucked up. Similar to the way where he was, like, describing women as grapes on a vine oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. he's just really good about detaching from the cruelty of his actions which is so and crazy just, yeah. which is so crazy to me and like uh oh my god it's, i can't believe you just said that because my friend and i also talked about in the conversation we had today because i was just like we we're talking we're like how do people like get away like how do they like how do you like that do all these like murders and killings and go on these like killing sprees how do you like not feel like in some way bad about it and so she was saying because right like because she's a ceo and literally like is around like these prisoners like in this federal prison in chicago and she was just kind of saying i'm sure like the first killing was scary like to anyone with like you know Mm -hmm. to anyone but then after that if you just keep getting away with it you just become numb and it's just a habit it's just a habit which is like really weird to know that that's like a habit that people pick up so yeah it's just like it's just really sad I don't know I can't imagine like taking someone's life and then being so like laxed about it Mm -hmm. like I don't know but yeah and not to not feeling any trauma from that by reliving it yeah like no remorse at all which Mm -hmm. is like so like, I don't know, just the way he talks about these yeah. people and it's just so cash and it's just kind of like, you really don't give a shit about human life. Like, you really, like, or, like, you know, women, like, you don't yeah. care, which taps back into, like, our previous episode when we were talking about, like, his trauma and if you, like, you know, trauma of his mom and stuff. Like, it, like to me, if I'm, like, the FBI listening to this guy who killed 93 people, allegedly, right? And most of them prostitutes. And most of them prostitutes. I'd be like, okay, there's some type of, like, mental health illness going on here, some trauma that, like, he obviously never worked out with, like, his mom leaving him. So that's why he's killing people. Like, you know, so I don't know. That's how, kind of how I took it, Yeah, I totally. guess you could say. But I just thought it was – I thought that was, like, an interesting kind of, like, like just narrative, I guess, or just mm-hmm. overall, like, the whole 
oh, it's just like kind of super cringy. Like definitely like listening to him will keep you up at night. Cause I think I texted you super late. I'm like, dude, I'm like listening to him. And this is like, this shit is like legit, like chilling, like just mm-hmm. listening to this old ass dude just saying like, <laughs> like yeah. laughing, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the winding point, roads. I'm like, of, what? At some point you think he's kind of personable too, mm. because the way he tells stories is sometimes a little bit like, yeah, casual yeah. or even humorous. Mm. But then once you register the words and what he's actually saying, right. you're like, oh, this is really fucked up shit. Yeah, it's like so fucked yeah. up. So sometimes I'm like, oh, he's actually, I feel like he's kind of like a nice guy. And then you're like, oh, no, he's fucked. Yeah, he's like he, legitimately he's fucked up. Yeah, no, he's like legitimately <laughs> fucked up. And then the crazy part, too, is just kind of like you just said it. It makes sense why people would want to go like with him because like how he like his mannerisms how he talks and like all that stuff and it's just like he seems harmless yeah exactly he seems harmless yeah he just seems like an uncle yeah exactly like yeah like a grandpa or something and then you listen to him you're like you're like talking to me about how you killed somebody and with your bare hands Mm -hmm. because you think their neck is cute yeah and then it's like and the fact that like he's telling the story to people and they're sitting like this close to him. And it's just like, oh, I don't know. It's just like so yeah. chilling. And then I guess. intermittently, he's like cracking jokes yeah, about he's sports like, teams. And yeah. Stuff. And it's just like, this person's not okay. And mm-hmm. we're just going to like be like, okay, jail, bye. And it's like, uh, no. Yeah. Like you're fucked up. Like yeah. something's seriously wrong with you. But. Yeah, again, just wanted to share light on the victims and just kind of talk about some of them. It's still, it's actually still, an, even though he's passed, it's still an ongoing investigation, which I was like, okay, that's like cool that they're like, it is ongoing. And the cool thing too that we both saw was on the FBI website, they like drop um, like updates on his case too. So yeah, if you guys maybe know anyone that maybe has been affected, you know, mm-hmm. feel free to share that information with us because this case was. There's just so much information. So that's why we broke it down in part one and part two. And we probably could honestly keep going if we literally talked about like every single victim yeah, that he totally. like talked about. But yeah. Do you that's, have any other thoughts? Um, no, I think we covered it all. Yeah. I think this was a interesting episode into some of his crimes. Yeah. Some of his very fucked up crimes. Yeah. So this is episode 14 yes thank you for listening and we're in the shade